0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.
1: The catastrophe was brilliantly illuminated by the numerous fires which were kindled out of the debris to serve as torches to those who labored, might and may, for the deliverance of the uninjured. Troops of people from the surrounding district quickly made their appearance on the scene, and while some of these lent effective aid in the work of the rescue, others brought blankets, water, and spirits to cover and comfort those who stood so much in need of help. As the wounded were got out and laid upon the banks of the line, several surgeons busied themselves in examining and binding their wounds, and the spot wore resemblance to a battlefield after the tide of war had passed over it. Seventeen dead and one hundred and fifty injured already lay upon the wet ground, while many of the living, who went about with blanched, solemn faces, yet with earnest, helpful energy, were bruised and cut badly enough to have warranted their retiring from the spot and having their own cases considered. Meanwhile, a telegram had been sent to Clatterby, and in a short time a special train arrived with several of the chief men of the line and a gang of a hundred surface men to clear away the wreck and remove the dead and injured. Many of those unhurt had made singularly narrow escapes. One man was seated in a third-class carriage when the concussion took place. The side of the carriage fell out, and he slid down on the rails just as the other carriages and vans piled up on the place he had left, killing or wounding all his fellow-travellers. Beneath the rubbish, next the tender, a mother and child were buried, and several others. All were dead save the mother and child when the men began to dig them out and before they succeeded in their labours the mother had died also though the child survived in another carriage or rather under it a lad was seen lying with a woman's head crushed down on his breast and an infant beside her they had to saw the carriage asunder before these could be extricated the woman died almost immediately upon being released but the lad and infant were uninjured elsewhere a young girl who had attracted attention by the sweet expression of her face had been strangled in another case the surface men attempted to extricate a woman by sawing the broken carriage under which she lay but the more they sawed the more did the splinters appear to cling round her and when at last they got her out she was dead while another passenger in the same carnage escaped without a scratch we would not prolong a painful description which may perhaps be thought too long already yet within certain limits it is right that men should know what their fellows suffer after all the passengers had been removed to the special train the dead into vans and horse-boxes, and the living into carriages, the surface men set to work to clear the line. Poor Mrs. Tips was among the rescued, and, along with the others, was sent on to the Clatterby station by the special train. While the people were being placed in this train, John Merritt observed Edwin Gerwood in the crowd. He chanced to be at Clatterby when the telegram of the accident arrived, and ran down on the special train to render assistance. "'I'm glad to see you, sir,' he said in a low, earnest voice. "'My mate, Bill Garvey, must be badly hurt, for he's nowhere to be found. "'He must be under the wreck somewheres. "'I wouldn't leave the spot till I found him in ordinary circumstances, "'but my Mary—' "'He stopped abruptly. "'I hope Mrs. Mara is not hurt,' said Edwin anxiously. "'John could not reply at first. "'He shook his head and pointed to a carriage near at hand. "'She's there, sir, with Gertie.' "'Gertie?' exclaimed Edwin. Ay, poor thing, Gertie is all right. Thank the good lord for that, but again he stopped, then with an effort continued I couldn't quit them, you know, till I've got em safe home, but my mind will be easy, Mr Gurwood, if you'll look after Bill. We was both throwed a good way from the engine, but I couldn't rightly say where. You'll not refuse. My dear Merritt, said Edwin, interrupting him and grasping his hand, you may rely on me. I shall not leave the ground till he is found and cared for. Thank ye, sir, thank ye said John, in some of his wonted hearty tone. As he returned, Edwin squeezed the hand and hastened to the train, which was just ready to start. Edwin went at once to the spot where the surface men were toiling at the wreck in the fitful light of the fires, which flared wildly in the storm, and, as they had by that time gathered intense heat, bid defiance to the rain. There were several passengers who had just been extricated lying on the ground, some motionless as if dead, others talking coherently these he looked at in passing but garvey was not among them leaving them under the care of the surgeons who did all that was possible in the circumstances for their relief he ran and joined the surfacemen in removing the broken timbers of a carriage from beneath which groans were heard with some difficulty a woman was extricated and laid tenderly on the bank just then edwin observed a guard with whom he was acquainted and asked him if the fireman had yet been found not yet sir i believe said the man they say that he and the driver were flung to one side of the line edwin went towards the engine and judging the probable direction and distance to which a man might be thrown in such an accident went to a certain spot and sought carefully around it in all directions for some time he sought in vain and was on the point of giving up in despair when he observed a cap lying on the ground going up to it he saw the form of a man half concealed by a mass of rubbish he stooped and raising the head a little tried to make out the features but the light of the fires did not penetrate to the spot. He laid him down gently again and was about to hasten away for assistance when the man grunted and said faintly, Is that you, Jack? No, my poor fellow, said Edwin, stooping down. Are you badly hurt? I was just going to help to Mr. Gerwood, said the man, interrupting, You don't seem to know me. I'm Garvey, the fireman. Where am I? Surely there's something wrong with my left arm oh i remember now is jack safe and the missus and gertie are they don't exert yourself interrupted edwin as will attempted to rise you must keep quiet until i fetch a doctor perhaps you're not much hurt but it is well to be careful will you promise me to be still all right sir said will promptly edwin hastened for assistance and in a short time the fireman was carried to a place of comparative shelter and his wounds examined Almost immediately after the examination, Edwin knelt at his side and signed to those around him to retire. Garvey, he said in a low, kind voice, "'I'm sorry to tell you that the doctors say you must lose your left arm.' Will looked intently in Edwin's face. "'Is there no chance of saving it?' he asked earnestly. "'It might never be much to speak of, sir, but I'd rather run some risk than lose it.' Edwin shook his head. "'No,' he said sadly. "'They tell me amputation must be immediately.' otherwise your life may be sacrificed i said i would like to break it to you but it is necessary my poor fellow that you should make up your mind at once god's will be done said will in a low voice i'm ready sir the circumstances did not admit of delay in a few minutes the fireman's left arm was amputated above the elbow the stump dressed and himself laid in as sheltered a position as possible to wait the return of the train that was to convey the dead and wounded more recently extricated to clatterby when that train arrived at the station it was touching to witness the pale anxious faces that crowded the platform as the doors were opened and the dead and sufferers carried out to hear the cries of agony when the dead were recognized and the cries of grief strangely almost unnaturally mingled with joy when some who were supposed to have been killed were carried out alive some were seen almost fondling the dead with a mixture of tender love and abject despair others bent over them with a strange stare of apparent insensibility or looked round on the pitying bystanders inquiringly as if they would say surely surely this cannot be true the sensibilities of some were stunned so that they moved calmly about and gave directions in a quiet solemn voice as if the great agony of grief were long past though it was painfully evident that it had not yet begun because the truth had not yet been realized among those who were calm and collected though heart-stricken and deadly pale was lou merritt she had been sent to the station by her father to await the arrival of the train with orders to bring will garvey home when will was carried out and laid on the platform alive an irresistible gush of feeling overpowered her she did not give way to noisy demonstration as too many did but knelt hastily down raised his head on her knee and kissed his face passionately bless you my darling said Will, in a low, thrilling voice, in which intense feeling struggled with a desire to make light of his misfortune. God has sent a cordial that the doctors haven't got to give. "'Oh, William!' exclaimed Lou, removing the hair from his forehead. But Lou could say no more. "'Tell me, darling,' said Garvey, in an anxious tone, "'is father safe, and mother, and Gertie?' "'Father is safe, thank God,' replied Lou, with a choking voice. "'And Gertie also, but mother—' "'She is not dead,' exclaimed the fireman no, not dead, but very, very much hurt. The doctors fear she may not survive It will. No more was said, for at that moment four porters came up with a stretcher and placed Garvey gently upon it. Lou covered him with her shawl, a piece of tarpaulin was thrown over all, and thus he was slowly borne away to John Merritt's home. End of chapter 23. Recording by Adele de Pignaroli.
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.